Yeah. All right. Do you have anything quippy you like saying? Um, do you have I say on I, demand quips. No, that's fine. I don't do quips. I don't do comedy. Not not, not a straight. comedian. No. All right. Writing funny things is really hard. It's all right. Hey, shout out to Patreon producers Tom Bach, Stuart Ferguson, and Jonathan, whose support makes this show possible. Hi, friends. Before we begin Red Dead Radio today, if you want to support us on Patreon, please do so. You can do that at reddeadradio.com. That's how I make my living. It's how we keep the show going. If you can give, we've got some great backer rewards, and we hope you'll be a part of it. If you can't do that, or if you don't want to do that, hey, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Android. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave a review. Five stars is always the correct review. I mean, it's up to you, but that's what we hope for. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of this show. Woo! Hi, friends. Welcome to Red Dead Radio, the Red Dead Redemption podcast. I'm your host, Jared Petty. And as always, we're going straight to the wild, wild guest. We're going straight to the wild, wild guest. We're going straight to the wild, wild guest. Yeah! Weehaw! Weehaw, indeed! Brenda Jones, easy allies at last! Yes. Uh, and boy, did I pick a week. You did pick a week. The, Who knew? Yeah. Did, did you strategically calculate this? I had this? no idea. And we, we, I, we finally I ironed out this date like a couple weeks ago. And that was before we found out we were going to get a chance to play it. It's before we got the online news. And So you're Brandon Jones. You you created a good portion of, of my adult childhood. Uh, you, uh, you're responsible. Are we for, still in that? Is oh, it, that hasn't ended, has it? Not for me. No, childhood. I'm a grotesque oh, man child. I, I, but I came into this industry very late. I was in my, my thirties before I ever started working in, in video games. And so as, as an adult, I enjoyed the culture of games and the things you created, uh, really influenced me getting into what I do now. It is so cool being here with you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Uh, and you reached out to me. I was like, whoa, Brandon wants to be on Red Dead Radio back when we first started the show at last year here in San Francisco. Yes. So, Brandon, for folks who, if anybody out there for some reason doesn't know you, what do you do? And where did it come from? Uh, I am the editor-in-chief of Easy Allies, which, uh, similar to Kind of Funny, has a uh, Patreon that you can go and check out, patreon.com slash easyallies. Uh, formerly at Game Trailers, founded that in 2002. Uh, and then moved with the same exact crew over to a new entity. You can find us there, YouTube, you know, t- uh, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Making good things over at Easy Allies. Hopefully, making things. Making things. I think they're good. I let everybody grade them individually. You know, everyone I, can I, weigh in. Seven out of ten at the very least, right? right? It's a good okay. ratio. As long as we stick to that. Ratio. There we go. We'll go with that. But we're not here to talk about ourselves. We're here to talk about Red Dead Radio and specifically the fact that not only, as you may have learned from last episode, have I had a hands-on with it, but so has Brandon. Mm. Brandon, as a matter of fact, we saw it the same day. We passed each other like ships I in know. the night. I know. It was kind of great. And the worst part of that experience was hands off. Yeah. Let it was it eventually go. him pausing, being like, that's where we're going to have to wrap it up. Oh, no. But it was a good long demo. It I, was I a good that. long demo. Yeah. Good long demo. And yeah, I, I think we're going to jump right in. What I want to ask you today, Brandon, are your five big takeaways from your experience with Red Dead. Last week, if you watched last week, you, you know that John Ryan and I talked a lot about what we saw from it. You're going to hear more later on. But I'd like to know, Brandon, what you took away from the demo. Uh, I think this might be an easy thing given where we are in this generation, obviously how much love that Rockstar pours into all of their maps and and their worlds, but uh, this game is gorgeous. This game is just silly pretty. I mean, just, uh, I I was really impressed by how far 
I, I actually got up out of my chair and walked right up to the television. So I'm like, is that a deer? And I could just see this animal look really, 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 really far away. And I, I really like that about uh, in Red Dead Redemption, uh, when I, I played that on 360, that I'm like looking for flowers and I'm looking for rabbits. And I'm like, and it, I'm like, I don't remember a lot of games that had open natural environments like this. And I'm really scrutinizing the map, really looking on the horizon for these little tiny indications of, of things that I would need to collect or, you know, to get um, other outfits or other right. finished missions and stuff I, like that. I feel like they did something really clever with the world that matters and makes it a better game. They made it more real, and I'm not just talking about fidelity and the sharpness of the graphics. Yeah. They, they also took, if you go out and look over a desert landscape, at first glance, it looks like a big, gorgeous empty. And then if you watch for motion, you'll start seeing life. You'll start seeing, and if you walk towards something and approach it, you'll discover thing after thing after thing, and what looked like a big empty is full of stuff. Yeah. That's what this world is like. And just things, you know, riding off into the horizon. What's more Western than that, you know? And, and uh, just even seeing people on a trail and, uh, you know, Rockstar is telling me one thing. They're, they're you know, talking about weapons or, you know, customizing things. And I'm like, I'm still following this guy on his horse that I can still see. He's just a blip on the horizon, but I, I can still see him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, draw distance in that game is, is nuts. And the lighting uh, really blew me away. I, when I did the preview on Easy Allies, I talked specifically about the differences in lighting sources. So a campfire is one thing. A torch is something completely different. A lantern is completely different. Yeah. Sunlight, totally different. And the way that trees affect sunlight or canopy oh, cover yeah, affects. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. or time of Some, day or weather. Something or, you would typically see in like Uncharted or a Tomb Raider or s something that's a more linear focused adventure where they can really, you know, th they know what direction you're most likely to be facing. Mm -hmm. And so to see that kind of detail uh, and that, you know, those just gorgeous god rays coming through the forest and it, it's to the, see that in an open world. It's the prettiest video game I've ever seen. But prettiest open world game, no doubt. Yeah, I've ever and pretty in motion. Pretty skies. Did, did you get a good, I mean, good yeah, when, 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 a, when a big fat cloud comes overhead and mm -hmm. it just, put, you know, casts a big shadow around the yeah. area and um, and the the differences in time of day you know you can really see uh, I get bummed when uh, the difference between you know sun being down and sun being up is just kind of glossed over in games I can't remember if it was horizon there was some open world game I played that was otherwise just dropped it gorgeous but then you know the transition when it would finally you know become day was just like and it's day yeah and uh, I, um, I when we I'm curious how time passed before you went on and did a mission because when they handed the controller over to the me it was going into nighttime and a lot of the kind of running around and hunting and goofing off that I did was in, at night. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't finally get to a town until right in the morning and just, you know, seeing those hours tick by from 3 a.m. to 4 to 5 to 6, seeing the difference in, in uh, how the town is lit, how many people are out on the street, what they're talking about, just the general attitude of the town uh, and seeing the sun come up over the hills and yeah, cut through the clouds. I, I was there a fairly similar time of day. The town was kind of waking up. Yeah. Uh, and then gradually you saw the town come to life. And, and I loved that. It was it was amazing to be able to walk down the street and like, hey, what's up, dude? And he'd have and back and forth and back and forth we'd go. He remembered me. He had an attitude toward me. But then I'd turn to a group of people and, and I'd address both of them. That wonderful, I think that left trigger contextual menu is one of the one of the most interesting features of the whole game. It's fascinating. And it's it's something where they, I think a lot of times they kept saying like that is the core of what we want to do in this game. It is extremely mm -hmm. important. You know, all the stuff you're going to be able to do with uh, the left trigger. And you're like, okay, I can't really see that until obviously I get my hands on it. But it really is a big deal, and it's fascinating to me. I don't know if I'm looking too much into this, but it's fascinating that it covers the gamut of human interaction from that game 
whether you're saying hello to somebody or shooting them. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're still targeting that person with left trigger the whole time. Maybe a historical analogy will help people. I've been thinking about this a lot. Do you ever play old point and click adventure games? Sure. Okay, so when Monkey the, Island and Maniac Mansion, stuff like that. Great, right? Maniac Mansion, one of the all time greats. So let's, yeah. let's start with Maniac Mansion. Amazing game, uh, a fantastic game with like 15 different menu commands at the bottom. It's yeah. got a point and click interface, which often you did with a keyboard and a joystick even then if you didn't have a mouse. And you have all these different commands and you choose the command and you point at the thing and it makes it. And then gradually they figured out, oh wait, we don't need 15 commands. Maybe we need like an eye and a hand and that. And that it got down to fewer. And then finally somebody's just like, really contextually, if we do this right, we can just point, drag and click and we don't need multiple controls because it'll be contextual and you'll understand this game, I feel like breaks that barrier, that same kind of barrier for open world. Yeah. And that makes you feel closer to the reality. It feels more like you and I talking here. Mm-hmm. And that makes it awesome. You agree? or, or do you I do agree. Like? It was interesting when I was on horseback going into that town and they said, make sure you're not going too fast because people are going to go by and you're not going to have enough time to see what those options are to see, you know, conditionally what. Um, uh, but I, I think I, I think that is kind of what we're going to see uh, more of in this gen as as we start to really hit its prime and we start to see these teams. This is the first game they've released this generation. So this whole time we've been getting, you know, more Assassin's Creed sequels in this gen. Yeah. They've just been working on just one map, one world. And so I'm starting to see, even with Spider-Man, you start to see him do things that, like I didn't necessarily have control over that specifically, the way he maneuvered around that sign or yeah. the way he dodged that rocket. But it's neat that the game takes over in that instance. And it's like, I'm going to make this a different experience every time as much as I can and try to vary it. Um, and it'll feel like you're doing it or it'll feel like it was supposed to happen that way. But it's just all of the, the, the beautiful code making it work. By the way, I'd like to pause right now before we move on to the second option. And thank you for wearing your cowboy hat. Oh, putting on your awesome westerny shirt before oh, yes. the show. I mean, you, you came in costume. Oh, That's yeah. rare. That's pretty spectacular. Why, uh, they were disappointed, actually, Rockstar, when I, uh, I came in and, and say hi to the pair of folks. They're like, no hat? I'm no like, hat. well, no, it's just me. I didn't want to be that guy It's a really great costume. Where'd you get just, the hat? I got this. Uh, actually, speaking of Rockstar, there is a place you can buy hats on uh, Venice Beach in Rockstar, and that hat store is there. Okay. There, are, there are there are a couple of hat stores, and I bought it to, on Venice Beach. So, so it's so like in GTA 5? I, I like that, that it was a store, store oh. that's actually in another Rockstar game. That's freaking um, rad. But it's yeah, it was, it was a, a tough hunt because I have a big old head. Uh, I, have a, I have a gigantic circumference of my noggin. I don't know if that's oh. something you can tell online, but uh, so yeah, whenever I go into, whenever I'll be, because I go to Disneyland a lot, I go to theme parks, and there's obviously lots of fun hats and fun stuff you can wear, and uh, somebody will point out, oh, that's a cute hat, and I'm like, guarantee it doesn't fit, and they're like, well, try it on. And just, I think we need to make yeah, some Instagram kind of content where right we measure our respective heads and okay. see which of us has the wider circumference. And well, we're, we're taking bets now. Taking them right now. Let's what see. do you think? Kevin, who's got the bigger head? Oh, Kevin's not at the computer. Oh, he's there. Okay, he's just falling asleep. He's asleep at the wheel. I'm not falling asleep. I was thinking it takes thought. And he's asleep this is at the a wheel. Tough one. Uh, what's that? I said is this is a tough, tough one? one. I think right. you have a longer head. Yeah. Brandon might have a wider one. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're talking about length versus girth here. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm a little weirded out yeah, by you that. Yeah, check the comments to see what really matters. Yeah, I'm not really sure here. Anyway, thanks for thanks for coming, cowboy. I know that today I'm kind of dressed like a secret agent extra in like a Tuesday night CBS drama. But actually, I, I I do have a I have a, a secret to tell. So here we go. We got the, oh my. We got the. We're ready for Red Dead today. It's got to unveil it. We got to have our our man with no name, Kanji shirt here. For there we go. <laughs> it out. No there rush. we go. Now we're we're doing a few dollars more Japanese movie poster Excellent. shirt. That's what we got to have today, huh? 
It's a great shirt. I like this shirt. Number two. Number two, uh, I can piggyback right on the conversation we were just having, which is the, the interaction. And obviously, there's lots of different things that you can do, uh, lots of different instances, ton of stuff that they told us happens, but we didn't actually get to experience. One of my favorite interactions was uh, they said, oh, go to the butcher and sell something. And I'm okay. like, where is this butcher? I don't I didn't recognize the icon on the mini map. And so I'm just like wandering around looking at stuff and talking to people. And I'm just imagining like, what if I was actually this person who was like, where do I go? Who would I ask? Yeah. And how would I ask him? And I went up to a couple of ranchers they were busy having a conversation and uh, they said that if you sometimes you can address a group like if there's a bunch of right. people talking and you um, it'll it'll you know let you know that like you're addressing them as a group. And I just said hi to the two of them and they turned and looked at me like what? And I think the guy actually said hi. Yeah. Like we're what do you want? Like and it, it, I just love that contextual realism because that's something that I am looking forward to. Uh, games can still do it. I don't think this is, this is not something when that kind of happens in games that makes me angry, but it always cracks me. I'm playing Dragon Quest Eleven right now and it, I love that you can just like barge into anybody's house, steal all their stuff. Oh yeah. You know, they're in the middle of dinner and you're like, hi, I'm an adventurer. And they're like, well, Let I have me to break some pots I in your living tell, room. Yeah, this adventure, everything about me. <laughs> and so I, I just love the idea that like some people don't like you right yeah. away. Some people just do not want to talk to you. Uh, some people will know you by reputation. Uh, I like they said when you, you get blood on you or dirt or you've clearly like been in a scuffle. Like some people will comment on that. And it's kind of a delightful progressive throwback. It reminds me of, like if you played the old Ultima games, like you could That's do a series. I have no context on. Yeah. Okay. So they, they they were really neat because they were heavily menu driven and and PC command driven and very granular. You had to memorize a lot of stuff to play them. They were always mysteries, but. But one of the parts I really liked about them was you could try to do almost anything, and they were really good at anticipating what you would try on these very primitive. So if you wanted to steal stuff from behind a counter in a store, if, if somebody wasn't looking, you might be able to get away with it. But if you didn't, suddenly these super powerful town guards come running out as if people are screaming, guards, guards, you're getting chased out of town. And if these guys catch you, they would beat you to death. You know, And I'm, I like the fact that the world isn't centered around you. It, it's centered yeah. around giving the player yeah. a good time, but this is not Arthur's universe. And that, to me, I think is one of the the directions we need to take open world games. It's it's kind of how it's it's. I find a lot of times I'm those are some of my most exciting moments, or the moments where I really take a deep breath and just like God, I'm enjoying this experience right now. So when you just Take a step back, you know, in Assassin's Creed, just get to a high point and just watch the world tick. Yeah. And just watch people walk around and watch uh, um, the society shift as the, the hours go by. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this game probably more than I actually play it. So you've talked about beauty and you've talked about interaction. Oh, where's this fall in comparison right now in your mind to something like Breath of the Wild, which made a real impression on people for the way it approached an open world in kind of new and interesting ways? I'm curious to see. Uh, the w one thing, to me, the, the best part of Breath of the Wild of the wild was the exploration mm -hmm. you know just having a uh, little tiny rewards little tiny puzzles and i i thought about that a lot because i'm a big open world fan and so i thought about like what lessons can we take from breath of the wild and i don't know if necessarily all open world franchises can put like a ring of rocks with one missing and then that'll like what why is mm -hmm. this in red dead this doesn't make any sense but it just the idea that there was just a little something to do when i got to a spot that odds are if you looked at some location from a distance like there's probably something there there's probably yeah. something that you will get uh out of um uh you know traveling to that place and i 
it's not like I'm looking for reasons to travel in this game. I'm certainly going to want to explore every bit of it, but I'm curious to see um, if they take any lessons there or uh, when there's not characters, uh, you know, when it's just me in the natural environment, are there going to be other, you know, fun things, little Easter eggs and fun things to find? Yeah, I did a little bit of wandering. And when I spotted something, there was usually something worth checking out. And I really enjoyed that. But it fit the context of the world. Uh, I told the story, I think, last episode, so I'll be quick. But I found a rotting deer carcass that had been fed on by an animal. And I, I told you about this before the show, too. I and near it, there was another small dead possum. And I walked up to pick up the possum, and it hopped up and hissed at me and ran off. It was playing dead. It was a possum playing possum. And that kind of, there was no reason for that being in the game, except... There was no reason for that being in the game is Rockstar. That, exactly. that is why they are my absolute favorite uh, yeah. uh, developer, because they just go above and beyond to the point where you chuckle. You're like, oh, okay, you put, the, yeah. you put that in there? How weird. Because, but the re- and that ultimately becomes the reason you care, because it does add fidelity to the mm. world. And, and this game is all about, as you mentioned with the interactions, as you mentioned with the beauty, breaking down barriers between the player and the universe, ma- taking the artificiality out of the artificial intelligence. And when things react ways that make sense to you in your interaction in the real world, then of course they're going to make sense. That was a lot of yeah. psychology to it. Number three, what do you got? Number three, uh, I there were lots of fun glitches uh, abound in Red Dead Redemption One okay. in the in the old. I mean, you know, I, I can only speak to my own personal experience. At one point, a horse leg did a little wiggle. That was about it. I think it was like the weirdest thing that happened. But when I was playing uh, Red Dead Redemption on the 360. I got a horse and I loved that horse and I was like, this is going to be my main horse. I'm going to make a, a, a very conscious decision if I decide to get another horse rather than this horse. And this was one of the only glitches that I ran into in my entire playtime. But I just booted up the game one time and called my horse and some random horse came up. I was like, what? And you lost your horse. And I was like, you this love. is not my horse. And I'm like, I my horse was not dead. I did not get in a gunfight. I did not leave it somewhere randomly. Like the game just glitched and gave me the wrong horse. And instantaneously I was just completely detached from the whole concept of horses. I was just like, all right. I mean, I still enjoyed it. I was like angry. Yeah, I wouldn't like get a horse and like, I hate this but horse. you would attach yourself. Had you I, named I, the it, horse? It was, I don't remember specifically, probably not, but okay. uh, I, I, that broke my heart. I was really, really upset. And uh, it was, um, it's kind of like, I don't know if you, open world games or not, if you try to do, if you're a perfectionist with some things in games and you try to do something a certain way, and then the moment you get past a save point or the game fails you in some way where you're like, oh, I, I broke that streak, instantly you're just, I give up. It's, there's no yep. no point in doing that anymore. I know that feeling. And so that attachment to what horse I had, especially, you know, getting into Undead Nightmare and you got all the crazy, like, mystical horses and stuff. I was just like, okay, I looked at horses like collectibles. It's like the same thing as with weapons and I'll yeah. just change them in and out depending on what I'm it doing. It lost the personality. It lost the narrative. The, the water cooler narrative. Yeah. You built in your head, yeah. And so that attachment to these animals in this game, um, the fact that uh, you, you lose them, you lose them, and uh, that you can pet them, that you can brush them, that you can feed them. We're, we're talking now about Red Dead 2. talking about Red Dead 2, yeah. Fast-forwarding now from Red Dead 1, where you lost your horse to Red Just Dead 2. all of these crazy details, all of your equipment being attached to it. Uh, one of my favorite am- animated moments was I got into town, and I was like, all right, I want to take all my weapons off. I want to get my rifle off my back and my bow and arrow and just walk around town and not intimidate anybody. And... I went to put the bow back on the horse, but I was on the other side of the horse than the bow usually is. And he got up on his tippy toes and reached over with his arm and slid the, the bow back into oh, its place. Wow. And just like, yes. Just, just that, that that real sense of place, that sense that like not only am I physically there with this animal, but um I felt bad because they're like, you, you know, if, if the the better you know your horse, the longer the distance that you can whistle and they'll it'll come to you. And I felt bad because I'm like, all right, I, want, I really want to hunt. That was like the first thing I got my bow out. Yeah. And I was just like running through. I'm like, I want to get a deer. And 
uh, I'm like, my horse is way back there. I feel bad. <laughs> you know, I feel bad just leaving the leaving horse there. Behind, yeah. So it's going to be interesting mentally to see what decisions I make in gameplay based on this attachment they, and, and where that goes. And they do give you pragmatic reasons. I mean, you've got your gear is on your horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's where most of your arsenal is kept. But they just have trusted us to be emotional with these animals. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. I love when video games trust me to make my own fun. Uh, yeah, and this game seems to have a lot of that. Going and just on. the detail, the animation, the ears wiggling, you know, shaking off the snow and the cold. Yeah, the, you know, the tail brushing around. There's just a, a lot of life. I named animals. my horse in the demo. Nice, um, of course, uh, definitely. I, I right, actually, yeah. I always name my mounts one of two things in games. They're either if it's a horse, I name it Glue, and if it's uh, and if it's any other animal, I was getting ready to be sentimental, but nah, I should have known. And then any other animal, I name uh, Zach Ryan. Okay. Uh, who's a guy from IGN, and everybody at IGN yeah. names their mount Zach Ryan now. That's excellent. Uh, excellent. That's a long story behind that. Number four. Number four, uh, and this is a big thing. It's a big thing that they're selling, but uh, I'm a sucker for hubs. I'm a sucker for having a home in an open world. Okay. Uh, I was... Um, uh, I was bummed that there were some locations in Spider-Man that you like got to see the inside of via cutscenes, but then never got back to actually go and visit. And that's one of my favorite things to do. I loved it was such a big emotional moment when Franklin got that really nice house in GTA Five. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh man, good for you! You know, like moved out. Uh, you know, he was living with his aunt, and and that stuff is a big deal for me, especially if you can customize it. And uh, just the that camp. I'm, I'm I love. I'm an Eagle Scout. I love camping. Love I hiking. I'm Eagle Scout. Hand slap. That's oh, right. That's a high five and you know it. Hand slap. Bringing it back. Is it a hand slap or a high five, Brennan? Uh, I feel like I'm settling a lot of arguments today now that I'm visiting the studios. Uh, it's a high five. I'm sorry. To, what about this yeah. from my camp? Yeah, that's a hand slap. Yeah. That's a hand but you slap. Gotta, but you got to go back the other way. Hand slap. Yeah. See? Shut up, Kevin. That camp. Oh, that camp. I'm going to waste so many hours at that camp. I'm not going to know when to turn the game off. Like, even if I finish a, a mission and then go back there, you know, usually get the sense of like, okay, I'm going to save it. And then oh, I'll play a game of poker. Or I'll do something in this town. But just like it, it there's so many. Okay. So do, so do many contextual here. things we happening. We barely and, and talked about the camp in the last episode because we just ran out of time. So I would like as much articulation and detail as you can throw into this. Tell us about the camp for people that haven't seen it. When I went up to the camp, uh, are we talking about characters? Do we care about? Oh, we don't, we're not worried about spoilers. There's so little in this that's going to spoil Maybe people know John Marston's in there. So I yeah. walk into camp. John yeah. walks up to me. Right. Uh, and he gives him a little bit of joke. You know, John gets scarred in this game. So his, his scars are fresh. Yeah. And Arthur said something, you know, joking. They're like, how's the cheek, John? And he's like, oh, I'm fine. And, and it was neat that, like, this was not a cut scene. It was literally the two of us were in close proximity to each other. And that's how the conversation started. Yeah. And we talk about, uh, we just said, too, it's like, I can't believe that was in there. Rockstar style i can't imagine how many different dialogue exchanges people are not going to get you know just like so many different lines that uh, you're just not going to hear because you didn't didn't spend a lot of time with that person or maybe just avoided the camp entirely Uh, but i love i I love just the the the, how idle everybody was and the the characters that were moving around like i love destiny but uh i was surprised when Destiny came out, you go and talk to an NPC and like they don't move. Like like yeah. even like uh, I again I haven't played Destiny forever. I've not played Destiny two at all. But like a Destiny one, I think the lady that sold you ships was kind of like leaning up against a desk. Yeah, and it's not like she'd be like standing there or leaning up against a desk or leaning over the. De- she was leaning up against that desk in the same position for years. You know, yeah. and it's like uh, that that bums me out. 
when I know you have companies like Rockstar, when you have the people that, you know, especially the crazy animation that uh, Naughty Dog puts in their games, and uh, I go over and I, I pour myself a cup of coffee, and uh, I don't remember the character's name, but uh, there was a, an older gal that was in the gang, and she came over and offered a suggestion of something else I could do in, in a town that was nearby mm-hmm. that just popped up really subtly on the mini-map. And Arthur's looking up at her, but he's still pouring his coffee. Yeah. And so just the, you know, seeing like who's talking to who and how you can join those conversations. Uncle was there. He was like leaning up against the log by the by the um, the campfire where we got the coffee. Did or, you walk by Dutch? Um, Dutch triggered the next cutscene. So okay. I I, uh, I think I walked by him just to, just to show me his uh, his tent. Okay. And I like that Arthur uh, uh, handles the ammo. So like mm-hmm. on the back of his. Uh, camp, you can see like all the different stacks of uh, ammunition crates and stuff, yeah. and uh, you can upgrade that. Didn't see what that menu looks like or, or what those options are, but uh, one of my big concerns was, uh, you know, I keep thinking about Dead Rising when they're like, and then the camp will move on, and I'm like, am I going to miss that? Am I going to go back to that location and be like, where'd they go? You know, yeah. and they're like, no, no. If you want to take your time, if you want to kind of pause the story at some point and go off, um, obviously you will get benefits from helping the camp, from helping the gang, but we're not going to penalize you in any way from playing the game the way you want to play it. I love games that have a Dragon Quest Inquisition style Stormhold, Sweek It Into style yeah, yeah. homeland. Yes. I like having yes. a place to touch base. Yes. And having a place to touch base that is not just a place, but where we said this last episode, the people who are set dressing are no longer set dressing. Mm-hmm. Now they're just people that live there with you. Yeah. And in, I, I don't know how to put it except Again, it was it's a demo, it's a slice, but they nailed it. I think they got that point across pretty the, well. The mission that we did directly out of there was uh, we brought a guy who was ca- held captive in the yeah. gang, and uh, I I asked him like who, who is that guy, and they're like, well, the mission involves him, so we'll explain that in a second. But I walked by him, and he's like, kill me now, uh, and I'm yeah. like, what's his story? Yeah, <laughs> like, and then you find out, dude, and then you're yeah. like, oh, okay. But again, just him complaining and whining, it just kind of like is part of the bed of this. Uh, kind of day in the life of, of this gang and seeing who's there and who's not. Yeah, Abigail was mad at me when I went over to talk to her yeah, and I didn't don't see know her why. at all in the camp. Yeah. Didn't see didn't see Jack. Uh, in the Jack camp. was off playing in the woods, but uh yeah, but but he was not this and I I was like, where's Jack? She's you know, and the person demoing with her said, he's usually over there. And I go, you know, I, we go over uh and Jack's not there. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh I wonder where he you know and he's off yeah. and yeah, because they move around, they're doing things, it's different. And I liked that about it. So I'm gonna waste a lot of time there. I I think waste is probably the 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 least of our worries. I mean that's kind of it, right? This is this is, I mean, is all time in SimCity wasted? You know, no, but it goes by fast, man. Yeah. You, I mean, specifically bringing that franchise up, that is that that will always have the gold medal for me of of that game that just makes the hours just fly by. And I mean, this that's is that's that, that four in the morning game. You're like, oh, I gotta go to bed. And this is that same kind of. Five. It's about caring about a place. Yeah, and I think they can capture a lot. By the way, SimCity. What's the best version for you? SimCity. Uh, well, my 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 favorite is the Super Nintendo version. That was like my see my, again my, my, my hand slap. <laughs> Excellent hand slap. You're gonna hear the music in my head right now. Number five. Number. Uh, well, no, I'm four. Oh wait, we're four, 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 Number four. four. Uh, did I say? Wait, wait. Didn't we do? We did. No, we, did uh, we did horses, graphics, horses, graphics. and we just talked about the camp. Yeah, number four. Uh, I don't know how four. to count. It's fine. I'll Let's, count uh, for you. I'm going to do an edit here. I marked it. I did. Okay, I wrote, edit wrote coming it in here. Here's a cl- edit clap. Number four. The clothing options. You okay. could have outfits in the first game. Uh, that was a hope of mine, uh, you know, going to this one is that, like, please let me just change a shirt out or uh, customize something specifically. And this is, I think, my favorite reaction from the PR team that demoed the game with us. 
that uh, they it was right at the point where they said when you go into hot weather or cold weather, you will automatically put on a coat or take a coat off, and it'll affect your stamina negatively if you're not wearing the proper attire for specific weather situations. And upon that, I asked, are there going to be lots of customization options with your, with your outfit? And both of them went, oh, just like, ah. Oh. It's like, ha, 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 don't you know? And they didn't say that to anybody. Every other question that I asked, they were like, oh, good, you know, good point. And yeah, you know, we, we have this system in place or, you know, we're not saying a lot about that right now. And uh, they just laughed. They yeah. were like, yeah, wait till you see it, you know. Uh, and what they specifically said in the notes is you can roll up your sleeves, tuck your pants in your boots or not. Um, but uh, well, specifically like picking modeled. your belt buckle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see that when he's walking around the horse, you can see all the little things that are attached to your belt, your weapons, and everything's bouncing around when the horse is bouncing up and down the... The saddle and it's the all sacks just on the side there, but it doesn't up. feel awkward. It doesn't feel like mashed together video game polygon parts. I mean, I remember when I was walking with Arthur and just every now and then just the metal on the hilt of his pistol, just the metal strip in the middle where the, where the grips are on the side would reflect the sun occasionally. And it's like, what? What? That's, how is this even possible? Uh, anyway, uh, so did you go shopping? I did not go shopping, no. Okay, so John Ryan went shopping, and apparently he also was impressed by the variety just available in the one store in Valentine. Cool. So it stands out. Did you get a haircut? I did get a haircut, yeah. Okay. Oh, you got a shave. I, I, didn't, I didn't mess with the hair, but I got a shave. Right yeah, away. I got a shave as well. Uh, and what, I think they intentionally put a big beard on Arthur in the demo so that they can give you those options when, yeah. you, when you go in there. What'd you go with? Uh, just a clean shave. I just yeah. A clean down. I went with like seventies mutton chops. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I was. I was very attractive, and, and I fr- forgot about that because when you know Grand Theft Auto Five, I just remember the marketing for that game so specifically. And then we actually get into the experience, and every time you see Michael in the trailers, he's always clean shaven. He's got the same hairstyle. And then you get into the game, and it's like, yeah, you can make Michael look real weird. You can't. <laughs> you can even, but the, or all of them, you can give them just really, really crazy styles. But again, in the spirit of the game, you can only take hair down. Yes. You can't add it. Yeah, you can't just magically grow hair. You have to grow the hair back. So when you get a haircut or a shave, you can cut it any step down, but you can't just switch beards. You've got to wait for it to grow back out. And I love that. I love that so much. I mean, much. if you get a style that you like aesthetically after you've done missions for like a, a week of in-game time, you're like, oh, I should I should probably go get a trim or, or yeah. something. I'm looking a little ragged. Looking a little rough here. And I love that. But I, it, none of it felt like chores because there's something interesting to see everywhere. I think to some people it will. I think like some people, I get complaints from people sometimes about open world games and I'm like, I... Yeah, I can't disagree with you because I could see how that would be. This is going to be a much slower paced game than Grand Theft Auto V. Mm-hmm. I'm anticipating a lot of people who uh, maybe GTA V was their first GTA going from this into Red Dead Redemption 2 upon all the hype and being like, wait a minute. Whoa, mm-hmm. I don't care about cantering. I don't care about well, I, ammo I, types. I, I don't care about I want fast cars. I want, you know, uh, I, I helicopters think a, like I think this a game is super game mosey. Oh, of course. I, I think no, it this, mosey. I, this I game that, moves at the pace that a Western should move at. It's 1899 America. World. Yeah. It's outdoors. It's But not only that, I think that a lot of it, I bet you you can play this game. So an illustration of that, I bet you can play this game about as fast as you want. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is if you don't want to pay attention to weapon customization and ammo types and outfits and you're going to be fine. You're just going to play at a different pace and get a different experience. Whereupon if you literally want to stop and read the back of every cigarette cart or 
etch every pistol or read the gun catalog. Yeah, at the end of one of the, the missions, they left three people like in our care. He was like, I right, kill these guys. I don't care. And I can just imagine people being like, I'm going to do the worst things to these three guys. <laughs> like, what do you, what, are I you play pro- good or bad? I'm a good guy. I, I, you know, the only the only times I've ever been bad were I played when I played the Old Republic, I uh, played with some MMO friends and we were previously Alliance when we played World of Warcraft. And they're like, can we be the bad guys, please? So I was like, OK, so we we I, I, I rolled a smuggler, but they did. Uh, uh, they were all Sith. And uh, I would I wish I could spend more time with Mass Effect. That's one series I've always wanted to go back to mm-hmm. because I think I would really enjoy it. Did play Mass Effect one for like five or six hours. And I, I, I was like, I am intentionally because I'm not reviewing this. I'm not capturing footage for anything. I'm just going to try to be bad. But uh, I'm a sap. I How just, do you I, feel in, in games that place you in positions of ethical and moral ambiguity? Uh I'm okay with it. Why mm-hmm. does he, is that like a, a sticking point maybe for some people? I, I love it. No, I was just, that's actually just a very personal question. I'm thinking about a game like this war of mine where, right. You know, you're sitting there and you're trying to take care of your sick grandpa or your child. Or like life is strange where yeah. it's just like a bad decision or another bad decision. Like there's yeah. just no really way to win. Yeah. Do I rob the starving person yeah. to feed my kid? that kind of thing in games when you encounter those situations does it affect you emotionally do you enjoy it yeah it depends i think it um i think it depends on on like the lead uh and i think maybe a lot of that has to do with style i think i played enough uh games from telltale where it's like i got used to their style so that like a, a story beat would happen in the game and i'm like here it comes and then like an hour later they're like oh but that thing that happened an hour ago, and I'm like, I was waiting for this. I knew you were gonna. I knew that person was gonna die. I knew yeah. you're gonna ha- have you make a decision between this character and that character. So when I can see it coming, that it kind of gets a little aggravating. But um, I, I I will very rarely like stick on something for that long because uh, I will either. If if it's a if it's a situation of like this it, this is going to cause this person pain and this is going to cause that person pain I don't dwell on that stuff for too long I can make pretty decisive uh, uh, um, strokes with that but um, I, that's what I think is going to be really fascinating in this is that these setups these moments aren't going to be projected like you're gonna they're just going to pop up really quickly you're yeah. gonna be like oh whoa that guy died whoa I, I was only given five seconds to decide to really kind of instinctively be like no I actually want to stop them or I want to break up this fight or. Uh, I don't want to get that person involved. Gotta make up your mind. Which is what happens when people are running around with guns. That kid just ran in front of me and I was I had my shotgun out at the time and I just didn't mean to... Oops. Did that happen to you? No, but I mean, oh. yeah, I can imagine... Uh, that's going to be really interesting when you go into a public space yeah. and uh, and you do have to uh, you know start uh, throwing bullets around, trying not to and hit dealing bystanders. And with the repercussions then, yeah, of that. Too. That one lady in the trailer is like, you killed my husband. I keep thinking about that lady. It's like, oh dear. What happened? What, what, what? Final, final one. Number five. Um... Oh, and we actually, uh, oh, no, yeah, no, I think that was number five. I lied because I did jump. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <gasps> boom, yeah. Boom, I don't know boom. how long it's been. I don't know how long it's been since that moment, but I did jump ahead because we were talking about it. And that was the uh, the guys that brushed me off. Oh, there we go. At the farm when okay. I went over and I was like, hi, what's up? I'm the main character. And they were like, I don't care about you. You know what? This show is typically barely controlled chaos anyway. So I'm not going to worry about it all right. at all. But I'm done. Those and are my top Those five. are your my, top things. I got three pages of notes here. Yeah, you got a lot of notes there. And, and there's it, just no. I, but I think this is I think this is evident of how weird of a game this is to preview because there's just not. 
I, I my kudos to to uh, people at Polygon and Kotaku that wrote really long pieces describing the whole gameplay demo and yeah. and kind of organizing thoughts so that they would talk about one specific thing for a couple paragraphs. Because I don't I don't know how to make a through line through all of this because there's just so many splinters, so many different decisions and and ways this could possibly go. I like that. I, I mean, that's the that's kind of the story of the game, right? Yeah. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to go back to when I very first saw the first trailer for this years ago, and we're you know literally at IGN at that point doing shot by shot breakdowns, looking at somebody and being like, wait a minute, that's a blouse, not a shirt. Uh, not sure who I was, uh, not sure who I was catching there, but one of the things that impressed me then is that one of the main characters of this game is the West, and mm -hmm. I still believe that's true. That that this is a game where um, you think about Firefly and it's it's Mal and and it's Wash and, it, and it's it's Kaylee and it's Serenity. Well, this is a game where it's Arthur and it's Dutch and uh, and it's Abigail and it's Jack and it's that big beautiful world, a slice of place and time that we're being transported to that has as much character and flavor and personality and danger as any of those people. It is a principal character in this narrative. It is not a background. And from the human beings that make up the West and those conversations, intimidations and conflicts you have with them, to the animals in the background, to the snow falling in the mountains, to the sun blazing in the desert, that's a character and it's just as deadly and jovial and wonderful as any other person you're gonna engage with in this. Um, I was moved by that statement, Jared. That was very <laughs> oh, well put. Well, well, that's that's my take on it. Yeah, um, I, I think that's what this trailer showed me, and and what I wanted to get across. So, Brandon, uh, you do all kinds of stuff. Yes, uh, you know, you want to tell people about that stuff and where they can find that stuff. Uh, you've done an impressions video about this already, at least Correct. one. Uh, yeah, I sat down forty seven minutes, just me at a desk by my lonesome, just rambling off all of the crazy things that I bumped into. Uh, but you can find any and all of the things that I'm doing lately at Easy Allies. You can go straight to the website easyallies.com. We have our schedule. You can check out in your time zone. Uh, at, we are also supported via Patreon, so Patreon.com/easyallies, Facebook, Twitch. Twitter. Um, you just give that a Google search and you'll find us, of course, on YouTube. And as always, you can reach us at mail at reddeadradio.com. That's mail at reddeadradio.com or reach out to me on Twitter. Now, the week this is going live, using the power of time warp, I'm looking into the future using my, my tachyon telescope. And I now know that as you're watching and listening to this, I am off in a cabin in the hills hiding from uh, reality nice. on vacation. Nice. So if you don't hear back You're going to be thinking about Red Dead the whole time. <laughs> I'm going to be in a secluded mountain valley yeah. full of deer and <laughs> wolves. And the last time I was at this place, uh, which was a little more than a year ago, I heard a tremendous like <laughs> and shake. And I walked around the corner of the cabin outside and there was closer to me than Kevin is sitting right now, a huge bear standing there that had taken the trash thing off the side of the cabin. And, you know, what do you do, right? Yeah, very little. Yeah, fortunately, he was a very chill bear. <laughs> I just stood there, and he's like, what's up? And then he just, like, sauntered by and off into the woods and climbed a hill and got in the back of a pickup truck and wouldn't get out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, really. Uh, yeah, he just climbed to the back. Of, and how do you make the big bear get out of the truck? Right. He goes you know? where he wants. Yeah, he goes. Bear, bear goes where he wants. But that's where I'm headed, so I'm headed right into Red that's Dead Land. That's amazing. That's really great. So yes, I am going to think about this game the whole time. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching. Uh, also, settle a discussion between Brandon, Kevin, and I. Is it a hand slap, a high five, or both? And is my hat stupid or great? His is awesome. Yours is spectacular. Thank you. 
Uh, until again, saddle up, happy trails at all, etc. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye, friends. <laughs>